Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My Ed Tech Life. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday, and hopefully anywhere in the world that you're joining us from, it is a beautiful Saturday for you. Thank you so much if you're enjoying your first cup of coffee with us, if you're having some breakfast, or wherever it is you are in the world. It may be dinner time. I don't know, but if you're joining us from anywhere in the world, thank you so much for making My Ed Tech Life what it is today. We really appreciate, or I really appreciate, all the support. And of course, our guests too, as well, as you get to connect with amazing educators that are creative, that are innovative, that are risk takers, and that they are just amazing influencers in the education space. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. And as always, we have an amazing guest today. And remember all I said right now, a risk taker, educator, innovator, creator, well, we definitely have our our guest today is definitely all of those and then some. And Trevor is an amazing person that I've had the opportunity to connect with through a Wakelet community event where we got to present together. And we hadn't been we hadn't connected like this in a while, but we've connected through Twitter. But today I have the honor of having him here on my ed tech live. Trevor, thank you so much for joining us this morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great and I am happy to be here. I do have to say though, you're talking about, uh, you know, a beautiful Saturday morning. Uh, here it's actually about two degrees Celsius and it's like wet and damp and there's like snow coming. Uh, it, it's actually a miserable day, but I'm in my office. I'm online. I'm happy. The weather's always nice online. So, so we're good to go. Perfect. Excellent. Oh, man. But that weather that definitely different from what it is here because it's definitely been getting very hot here in Texas and just the humidity. And so, yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I love to find a nice balance between your weather and my weather. And I think I would definitely be very happy with that. That's about it. <laughs> there we go for June. All right, Trevor. Well, Trevor, thank you so much again. Like I said, I'm really excited to to have this conversation with you and especially you know, because we do share a lot of the same spaces, you know, on Twitter and some of the same communities and everything. And I see just the amazing work that you're doing and really putting yourself out there and your work out there. And just, you know, some of the things that I see coming from you are amazing. But before we get into that component of the professional growth and the badging and things of that sort, I always love to start the show with our guests' origin story. You know, it's like to me, people that are on the show, uh, I liken them to superheroes because of the things that you guys do and, and, and how you influence a lot of teachers in such a positive way. And I'm always curious to know your origin story as far as how you came into education. Was it something that you always knew you wanted to do or was it something as kind of like a transition or a pivot and you went into education from a different industry? So tell us a little bit about your your road into education. Okay. Um, well, I kind of went that path right out of high school, but not exactly. So um, when I graduated high school, I've been teaching for about 20 years. I've been in education and uh, when I 
graduated high school. I went to university to be a business student that failed miserably. I did not enjoy it at all. Uh, I am not a business minded person. So I decided to follow my passions and I studied literature instead because that's going to get you a job. Um, it was a high school teacher who was a mentor to me that really got me looking at uh, following my passion and, and sharing my passion. And he had an impact on me when I was a student. Uh, and, you know, I still ask myself, his name was Larry Bent, and I still ask myself, you know, what would Larry do in the classroom right now? Because he had that much of an impact. So um, as I studied literature, it was kind of a natural evolution for me to go into education from there. And uh, when I got to do my student teaching, my practice teaching, I actually got to have him as my, uh, the teacher I worked with, uh, which was an amazing experience. And uh, yeah, I'm extremely happy that I had that opportunity. Uh, from there, I hopped around different places in Canada, uh, different provinces. It was like starting my career all over again every time I moved. <laughs> uh, and now I'm settled in New Brunswick, Canada, where I am a tech coach. And uh, although we call it an education support teacher for technology, but I'm a tech coach. So, yeah, that's, that's my backstory, I guess. Excellent. Uh, hey, well, yeah. you know, similar backstory also when it's yeah. a you know, university for business and landed in education and have been in education now for 16 years. So I'm kind of catching up to you there a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, similar route, you know, always remembering that one high school teacher, always in the back of my mind and then, you know, falling into education and falling in love with it. And, uh, you know, so yeah, very similar story. So that's why we get along so well. <laughs> I actually, I have a, a minor in economics, but I don't tell anyone because I really, I don't, I don't want to teach economics. <laughs> <laughs> well, now they know after this show, now they know. So now you I mean, might be sorry, getting some offers. Just... <laughs> you might be getting some offers now uh, for to teach economics. No, but that's great. So tell us a little bit then as far as, uh, you know, kind of your transition. I know now you are serving as, you know, an instructional uh, teacher or support, but with, yep. with technology, how was that transition? You know, I know you said you went to university, you know, study literature, you come out, you know, you're starting your career going from province to province. And then how did you end up getting into this specific role? Okay. Um, I like to play and I'm curious. Uh, so when school started bringing in technology, um, I started playing with it and I started thinking, how can I start utilizing this in my class more? How can I get the students doing stuff? Uh, how can I change how I'm teaching? Right. Um, Plus, I hated using whiteboards and markers. So my first thing was, how can I use this tablet thing to get rid of those and never have to worry? Um, same with the photocopier. Uh, so I just started playing with things. And uh, as time went on, you know, as I said, I, I was given an iPad. So I discovered the Apple teacher piece. So I started doing some of the courses through that. Uh, and then my district and province actually went to Microsoft. So I started exploring some of the things that they had. Um, and uh, just kept teaching stuff. And then the tech mentors used to come visit me and I'd be showing them what I was doing in my class. And then they were going out and telling other people about it. Uh, and so eventually when the position came up, it, it made sense that I would apply to it and, and just kind of skip the middleman and do it myself, get out into the class and, and, uh, help other teachers with it. So. I, I love the, the way you started that, um, you know, this route, you said you were playing, you love to play. 
man, that really resonates with me because, you know, in a way, in a similar story, you know, I, when I first started, you know, you guys had, you know, the chalkboards or, you know, the dry erase boards yeah. and everything. When I first started, we had overheads and we had the transparencies yes. and, yeah. you know, I'd get out of the of school with marker all over here <laughs> and my shirts and everything because working on transparencies. And so that was my high school years when I first started, three years of high school algebra, and then I moved down to elementary. And then in elementary, I found this huge, huge thing on wheels. I was like, what is that? And they're like, that's a cow. I was like, a cow? It was like a computer on wheels and they had little yeah. mini little Dells and, you know, essentially, you know, kind of the Chromebook aspect or the first iteration of Chromebooks or things that were happening. And I just started playing with those because I didn't want to write on the board and I don't want to get yeah. dirty. And I just wanted to play and have the kids have fun with it and that's yeah. pretty much also in a similar fashion the way that uh, I transitioned into this current role as well is just being able to play so as you can see we were kind of in the same boat where we see how play can not only be very effective for us as educators as we mm -hmm. play with new tech and get familiar with new tech but also allowing the kids to play with new tech. So tell me a little bit as far as, you know, they come in, they have observed you, they shared some of those things, you know, and how to implement, um, you know, what are some of the things that you did in your classroom to kind of also help students feel comfortable with the tech? I'm always curious to, to note that because oftentimes a lot of teachers say, well, no, the tech is, it's a waste of time or it takes too much time or the kids don't understand it. They don't know what they're doing. And sometimes I feel that they may just be putting those barriers on themselves. But what has been your experience, if you don't mind sharing? Sure, sure. And to be honest, I think it was a transition for me uh, as well, because um, in the early days, I would see something new and I'd play with it and I'd get excited. And it was, OK, this is the tech. Now, what are we going to do with it? Uh, and, I, and I was putting the tech first, which wasn't fair to anyone, but I was excited. So I wanted to share that excitement. Um, but now I realize that that's not the approach to go at all. It's more think about what those objectives are and how can the tech help support that. Uh, and with the students, um, I always give options. So it's, it's about introducing them to their options and then letting them choose the path that they want to go down and, and how they want to play with it. So if I give them an assignment that involves tech, um, I give them a couple of choices. Sometimes I'll give them a choice that has nothing to do with technology. If they want, if they don't want that, uh, they may have to like, you know, click a picture and put it into a digital portfolio or something, uh, just cause I don't like paper. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but it's really just giving them the options to explore how they feel comfortable with it. Right. Um, so, I mean, some things like if you're looking at an app, like Flipgrid, where they just take a picture and start recording, like they scan a QR code and start recording. Um, you know, maybe not as much option, but even when they're within that, some students don't like to be recorded. So, you know, I have students who just would record their voice or they would type everything out in Flipgrid and I'd be watching like a slideshow video, uh, instead of actually making them put themselves out there where they didn't feel comfortable and taking risks that they weren't comfortable with. So, you know, and I think that that's just a, such a wonderful approach because like you said, you know, it, it's about what can the tech do to support your content objectives? But also the fact that you're giving them choice in what they'd like to do. And I think oftentimes 
just something as simple as that, giving a student choice and voice in the way that they kind of, you know, either do this uh, either formative or summative assessment in a way, you know, even including some tech and, and how they feel comfortable really goes a long way in understanding the student learning process. And to me, that was what I loved about implementing, impl implementing technology in the classroom was yeah. the student had a choice of you can either do a drawing, like freehand drawing, but of course there, there was a rubric for it. Uh, if you wanted to do a Google slide presentation, if you wanted to record yourself giving a speech, if you wanted to record like sort of a little mini podcast, things of that sort. I just the, the enthusiasm that the students had and that they harnessed what, you know, creative energy they had and put it into the work was really amazing. And I think that's something that's very important. And I love the fact that you always gave voice and choice. And there are tools out there that students don't feel comfortable in front of the camera. They can, you know, put an emoji on there or they could just do slides. And, you know, it, there's something for everybody out there. So that's what I love about that. And, that, and that's the thing, like, I remember I had some students who were a little more resistant to work. Um, this was a while ago. And uh, for some reason, I suggested they try Minecraft. And I didn't even have very much experience with Minecraft at that point. I knew the basics, uh, but they hopped onto it and they blew my mind with, uh, they were reconstructing a scene from World War II and they built it out of Minecraft and they had signposts and explaining everything. And it just totally blew my mind that, uh, you know, these students who, if I asked them to do a presentation or a written piece or many other options, they wouldn't even touch the project. You know, I would be just really struggling to get them to do anything, but they were so engrossed in this because it was a passion and creativity that they wanted to explore. And they were teaching themselves as they went along and they were teaching me as they, they dug into it as well. Right. So, yeah. And I love that. And now, Trevor, let's talk a little bit about that, too, because you, it seems like you, we're definitely connected in a lot more ways than I thought, you know, as far as your your process in the classroom, because it reminds me of when I moved to elementary, I tell everybody, started off high school teacher, but I moved to elementary. And that's really where I feel that I sharpened my skills as an educator, but also my ed tech skills, because I was able to feel a little bit more comfortable taking risks because I had the students year round. Our high schools are what they call block schedule. So I only had the students for, you know, cut like three months, you know, and then the next semester after Christmas break, I'd have another set of kids. So you really don't have, or at least I felt I didn't have too much time to, you know, build that classroom culture, build that rapport, and then, you know, start using right. a little bit more tech. But I didn't have that tech available. But in the classroom, it, it was very much similar to that and the ability to to be able to take risk. But I, I love what you said that sometimes we feel or we know that we may have some students that are a little hesitant to do the work. And sometimes teachers may put a kind of a, a little uh, label on them to say, oh, well, these kids, you know, the, well, the thing is, sometimes it's they're not they don't learn the way that the teacher may be teaching or yeah. maybe engaging them. There has to be some options there. So yeah. we need to be a little bit more flexible with the way students learn and the options that we give them to present their work. And so I love what you're you're stating there that you you found that little thing that worked for them that went a long way, but then they ended up teaching you as well. And that really well, <laughs> that I agree with you one hundred percent. And I always I've told the story 
when I first started teaching the kids how to use scratch coding for science and they were building uh, their, uh, they were doing life cycles, they were doing, you know, their planets, they were doing, uh, they were creating circuits and things using scratch. First, my first class, I was just introducing it to them and they were learning and they were teaching me new things that by the end of the day, I was the expert. By the end of the day, I'm the one that that looked good because I had I would be able to answer everybody's questions. But it really helped that I learned from them. And that is very important. So, Trevor, let me ask you, in your experience in this, what we're talking about, how important is it to build that community within your classroom? Well, I think classroom is all about community. Um, You have to like we were talking about taking risks and if you don't have that community built that rapport amongst the students with them and them with them, each other, um, it's hard for them to take risks as well. So you can give them as many choices as, as you want, but if the support is not within the classroom to share those risks that they're taking, it it all falls apart (laughs) because they're not going to be taking the risks. They're going to turn to what they have done in every other class in their history of schooling. Uh, just give me a piece of paper and I'll write down my answer and it won't put much thought into it, but I'm done. And what's next? Um, and that's one of the things like you mentioned earlier, uh, the idea of risk taking, and we were talking about this before we started, um, risk taking can be noisy, uh, which makes it really hard for in the teacher's role to start to take those risks. Um, especially in the high school, cause high school, it's, it's about rigor and, and you get this idea that, you know, students should be sitting there. They should be doing their work. Um, my classes were always loud. Uh, they were, they were into it and, and I loved it. But in the back of my head, I always had that thought, like, what are the teachers beside me thinking? Am I, are we being too loud? Um, what's the principal thinking? Uh, like I remember one time, this doesn't have to do with tech, but my principal, I didn't know, but he walked by my classroom while I was teaching and he pulled me out after class and he said, so I walked by your classroom and you were standing up on top of your desk, yelling with your hands up. Um, and he's like, I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. I was like, yeah, we were just doing some Shakespeare. It was, uh, you know, fun. I was just <laughs> jumping up on furniture acting and, you know, having a lot of fun with it. And, and, and that's another thing, like teachers have to take risks and model the risk taking if they want their students to, to do the same. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And, and that, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And also <laughs> very similar thing too. You know, I had a principal <laughs> that was like, Okay, so I'll share the story one more time. So uh, the the kids are working on Scratch and they're creating, you know, their their planets. You know, we're going over that in science and um, we're doing Scratch and all of a sudden she comes in and then she just leaves. And then at the end of the day, the principal comes in and um, he's like, hey, um, I hear that your kids are just playing games. I was like, no, no, let me show you what they're doing and what they're creating. And so he was like, wow, they're doing all of this. I was like, yeah, they're coding, they're learning. We're going over this. They're creating, you know, rotation. They're doing, you know, what the difference is between rotation. They're doing the the moon cycles. They're doing all of this. He's, oh, so they're not just playing games. I was like, no, they're not. And so, but that assistant principal would always be peeking at my window. Always, always, because I was, I was the one teacher that checked out the Chromebook cart 
all year long. And yeah. so I was always there. And, and again, the class was noisy that I had kids that were on in the hall recording on Screencastify. Uh, and I'm talking about this was back in 2015, 2016. They were using some of these tools that now we're heavily using, you know, in, in the school district, yeah. but they were using it back then. And it, it was loud and it was a little, you know, uh, different i would say than what other yeah. classrooms were like and but at the end of the day when they saw the scores and they saw how everything went that particular assistant principal came to me and said mr mendoza i'm really sorry i apologize for giving you a hard time but you own it you keep doing what you're doing i was like okay thank you and so it was really nice but going into that the risk taking I think yeah. that's something too that has to come from the top, you know, principals, assistant principals, yeah. making a note that it's okay to take risk and have a culture of risk taking in learning because of the creative process, which is really what we're talking about right now. And in, in that sense, that creativity process, because then that allows teachers a little bit more of that comfort to be able to take these risks. And if you fail, well, let's see how we can fail up or learn from this and innovate in the classrooms to engage the student learning. Yeah. And, and I think that mindset has been changing uh, over recent years as well. And I've been very fortunate because all the principals I have had, and I have to say this in case they're watching, but they've been very supportive of, uh, you know, what I've been doing in the classroom. And, you know, that makes all the difference. Um, but also these last two years, like these have been the years to take those risks and try new things because everything's been turned upside down. And, you know, it kind of lets the leash out a little bit. We can we can try these things and uh, blame the pandemic. Well, that's great. Well, this is a great conversation, you know, on this aspect. And man, it was great to learn just about your your experience in the classroom and how really relatable it is to me. And I'm sure that it's very relatable to many other teachers and educators that are out there listening to as well. But let's go ahead and kind of like switch it up a little bit more because yeah. I want to talk a little bit more. Obviously, you know, you're you, today you are my very special guest and I've seen your work and what you put out, you know, on Twitter as far as the, the creativity process, the the apps that you use. And and again, it goes back to that spirit of you saying like, well, here's the tech. What can I do with it? And you think of just amazing ways of implementing the, the tech and doing a lot of great app smashing with a lot of this. So let's talk about that professional growth component and then we'll talk about the badges. But as far as yourself, when did you, I don't want to say catch the bug, but when did you really start kind of diving deep into professional development, um, you know, for either certain apps or, or technology, you know, when did that come through maybe in the last couple of years or is it something that's always been there, you know, but now it's just, just blown up for you? Yeah, well, I think, I think the professional development has always been there, like, you know, if, if there's ever an opportunity, I'm one of the first to jump at it. Um, but for the tech, um, aspect specifically, um, like I said, it was when the school is working here, it started to invest in technology and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to explore this and I'm going to see how far I can take it. And, uh, as I mentioned this, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but it was been quite a few years now, but with the introduction to the iPad, uh, I started to get into that whole Apple teacher world um, was probably my first stepping stone. Um, my my holy grail is still to become an Apple distinguished educator, but they've closed down the program for the past uh, for the accepting new people for until I think January of next year. 
Yeah. Anyway, um, so I started going through that and I was earning all the badges through that and learning more and more about, uh, you know, what these iPads can do. Um, and uh, from there, it was just, as I said, the, my my province or my school district uh, switched to becoming Microsoft. So I got into the education center there and I started playing around with the badges and I, I'm embarrassed how many badges I have for Microsoft now. I don't, I don't even want to share that number. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, but, uh, but again, it was just exploring and, you know, I, I just have this interest in seeing what is available to me and is it useful for what I'm trying to do? So I just keep exploring and, and the more I get into it, it's like, and now that I'm in this role as, as a tech coach, it's, it's more just trying to stay on top of my game. Uh, because there things change constantly in this world and there's always these new updates and, and, and it's just trying to be innovative and innovative and trying new things and, uh, just seeing how far you can take the technology. Um, because of this, like I was still in the classroom, like I've been in this role as a tech coach for two years, I'm going into my third year, hopefully. Um, but, uh, when the schools closed down, because I had done this and my students were ready for it, when we switched to distance learning. We didn't even bat an eye. Like I could have ran my class the same, just I wouldn't be there in person. I'd be there through teams, but we were using teams and one note in the class already. So it was, it was a very smooth transition. And, and I'm not, I know it wasn't a smooth transition for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but just because unknowingly I had already done all that prep work to get, to get my students ready, um, without knowing what I was really preparing them for. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I answered your question. I just started. Yeah, no, good. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, we're just having a great conversation. And, you know, so I, I agree with you with the badges. Like, I am just, like, all for badges. And the same thing, you know, with Microsoft. And, of course, there's uh, the Adobe community also. You know, they're just wonderful educators. I know that you're oh, yes. part of that. And you heavily participate in, in that. And with Wakelet as well. And, you know, yeah. so there's a lot of wonderful op there's so much opportunity out there right now, and especially being connected educators. I mean, you've got great communities, like I mentioned, uh, Adobe Creative Educator that are just really hands-on. They really reach yeah. out. They really listen. They take feedback. You've got Wakelet as well, which the team is just amazing as well, The what they do. And the fact that they honestly and sincerely care about what teachers are saying and they're willing to go out the extra, go the extra mile to see what they can change to make things a lot easier. And you've got so many, so many other uh, platforms that are doing that. And it's just a matter of connecting with them. Well, and it, it's funny because like when I first started hearing about app smashing, well, that was just like my playground, right? So it was, it was so much fun. But, but when the company started doing the app smashing for us, it was just making life so much easier. Um, you mentioned Adobe and Wakelet, and, and I can't not talk about them. Um, hands down, if, if you haven't done any badging at all, my, my top recommendation, the one that I enjoyed the most, and it did not plug their product at all, it was the Adobe Creative Educator. Um, I just really, it was about creativity in the class. That's what the whole program, level one, that's what it was all about. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that. I thought it was a, a fantastic uh, program. You already have the link up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you were ready. Um, and uh, you were talking about stuff that I share. Uh, to be honest, I think it was a couple of years ago uh, is where I first saw Adobe and Wakelet partner up and they put together this competition contest thing and they gave 
25 ish challenges. Um, and I think Dom Trainer, the educator in the yes. UK who works for Adobe, uh, he was one of the leads on it from the Adobe side. And, and through this, I actually got to connect with him. He spoke at the conference I put together, uh, last year, which was fantastic, uh, that he did that. Um, but, uh, they were like, we don't expect anyone to do all 25. Of course I did all 25. Uh, and, but it's just, it's just the opportunity to play with the platforms and they were saying, do this and then, okay, I'll do that. And then you learn this aspect about it and we'll try this one. So it's like, okay, well, oh, now I know how to do this. And through doing that, like, I feel very, very confident, both of those platforms. And, and at that point I was still relatively new with the Adobe side of things. Wakelet, uh, I started using, uh, when I was doing my masters and I was using it as a place to to store all my research, right? Like it's curating the internet. So, um, that's, a, that's exactly how I was introduced to Wakelet. And then I started turning it into something more. And, and now I have my wife using it for her work. She's a researcher and now she's putting together, uh, research for her clients through Wakelet as well. Right. So, um, but yeah, those contests are fantastic. Uh, and I still do the Adobe challenges and, and when Wakelet has stuff up, I, I, I do that because it's just, it's fun, it's quick, and it's a good way to learn and get used to the, the I love it. I, you know, it's, this is so not eerie, but just how <laughs> much our stories really just are, because the same thing, the first time I got introduced to Wakelet was because I was working on my master's and one of the courses was, you know, you need to uh, curate, you know, four articles a week on a certain topic. And I was digging and doing research on so many, you know, ways to do this. And then all of a sudden I stumbled upon Wakelet. I was like, wow, this is the easiest thing ever. And I've been a user since and I love it. And I use it for our Technology Tuesdays with parents that we have. And I talk about digital citizenship. I create a collection in English, one in Spanish with the same articles or yeah. some would try to find the same content, you know, because sometimes the translation could be a little different. And I just want to make sure that parents are, you know, low barrier to tech where they can just click and open. And I share those out and we've gotten some really great responses, you know, because the, the resources that we're sharing with parents to help equip yeah. them to have those conversations at home with their, their students. But yeah, Wakelet, um, Adobe community has just been amazing. And the same way also, I just connected with them through the Adobe education, um, you know, uh, courses to get certified and then got the level one, then the level two. And then I yeah. just kind of got stuck in the platform, just learning more and more and more. And you've got just wonderful people like Claudio, you've got Clara, you've got Tanya that you can reach out to at any time. You've got Dom also as well that are just yeah. always willing to help. And I think that makes yeah. just a huge, huge difference. It's a, uh, it's it, like last year I did a virtual conference called the teach symposium and, uh, had no clue what I was doing. It was just, I, I, I created it with a, a, a coworker of mine and, uh, we were just like, everything's closed down. Everyone's like sinking in this technology. What can we do to help get them, uh, feeling a little bit better? So I reached out to those people. Like I wrote, reached out to Jen Williams. I wrote, reached out to Dom. Uh, I reached out to uh, Flipgrid and, and I got the whole team there. I had like four presenters from Flipgrid say, yeah, let's do this. Um, same thing with, uh, uh, Wakelet, uh, Amy and James both came in and, and they presented and I had like 20 some presenters throughout the day and I did not spend a dime. I, pr I printed off some stickers that that's, a, that's how much cost I put into it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful day of, of, of 
this. And it's because I developed my, my PLN, my, my network through these communities that I got close to using these badges and, and Twitter is also a huge thing too, for me, but, um, but these communities, they just come out and support Right. Um, so it's more than just earning badges. Um, it's, it's the connections you make with the people, uh, that are behind the programs as well, uh, that, that make it all worthwhile. Yes, yes, it is 100% Trevor. I agree with you. And as well, like, you know, and that's the reason that, you know, the, that you and I got connected, even though I did follow you on Twitter prior. Uh, but then when we had the opportunity to present with Wakelet and just, you know, get to hang out and just get to share, it's just been yeah, amazing. I, and I, I have no idea how I made it on that bill. It was like the three Texans and guy from Canada. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? It's all great. You know, that's power of yeah. connection, you know, and that's yeah. what we're talking about. Just being like-minded, connected educators with the purpose of, you know, bringing tech to the masses, but in introducing it in a very useful, mindful way and, you know, just removing all those barriers. And so it's great to see you and, and, and your growth and what, I mean, what I've seen you put out on Twitter just really is amazing. And sometimes I think to myself, where does he have enough hours in a day to <laughs> do what he does? Because your, your content is great. Your content is colorful. It is creative. And more than anything, it's very helpful too, as well, because you're putting out guides for many, uh, many platforms that you use and you're making them simple guides. And then of course you're taking part in the, the monthly, uh, creativity, uh, uh, component of, uh, the Adobe educators group and everything. And I love it. I love it so much. And, uh, and I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here for those that are watching. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen real quick because this has been one of my favorite posts. Um, this one right here, I will bring it in. This one right here has oh, been really? one of your posts. Like the way I, I know the challenge was different than in what you had yeah. to do for this, but this just blew my mind. And I was like, this is awesome. And I just love the way, you know, this uh, obviously the, the color component, uh, the simplicity of the picture, but it just speaks volumes. And this has been one of my favorite pictures. Like if this was an <laughs> NFT, it, I, I would definitely buy this for sure. I, uh, that picture, uh, this is, uh, sometime last year during teacher appreciation, uh, Adobe asked me again, one of the connections, uh, to be one of the profiles they did for their teacher appreciation thing that they were doing. Uh, and, uh, they're like, we need a picture. And I was like, ah, ah, uh, and I was in an office space in the school that I was visiting and I just stood beside a yellow door and took my picture really quickly. This would have been two years ago, I guess. Uh, and. That picture has had so many reincarnations <laughs> and it's the only picture I use for everything. So it's, it's the picture you used for uh, the promo for the session as well. Yeah. Right? So, and, and it's and, a great picture. I mean, it really know, speaks volumes. Yeah. Like, you know, so the desperation is, oh. Hey, but it works, it works and it works out great. And like I said, it's it just, to me, like when I see that, I'm like, I know who that is and I know what they're all about because I mean, <laughs> we made this connection, but it, that's the perfect, perfect picture. So I love that. And I love the way that you took that variation of what the challenge was and you created something different out of it. Like, you know, and it was great. It's all about iteration. It's about risk taking. It's about innovation. And uh, like I said, I, I really honestly can't speak more highly of you in the fact that I, like I mentioned to you, I love your work and I love the way you push those boundaries. And I'm in a very similar way. I love to take apps and see how far I can push them to get to a point of, whoa, did you know that you can connect it to this or do this or do this? Or, wow, did you think that maybe 
it had a different use case because now we can find that it works with this. And so it's all about exploration, innovation, risk-taking. And that's beautiful. When you said you were going to uh, bring up a tweet, like probably my most popular tweet in a while was when I just posted because uh, every year I have to reapply for my, my tech coach job. Uh, it's a one-year term each time. Uh, so I posted a Twitter saying that I app smashed my job application this year for the first time. And I incorporated like a, a Flipgrid QR code with me just introducing myself into the cover letter. And I added links to some of the resources that I've been building for teachers. Uh, and, uh, and again, it's just, how can these things be used? Like, how can we look at them in different ways and tie them in? So, uh, I said, I had my wife using Wakelet in, in her real work experience and, uh, and, uh, this is another example like this yeah. stuff has practicality outside of the classroom as well. Right. So, yep. And it's about the digital portfolio too. I mean, right now, I mean, honestly, like er, resumes, like cover letters, I'm like, really like you're still asking for cover letters. And yeah. I mean, Hey, digital portfolios, a digital resume. And I mean that you're good to go. I mean, you're showing yes. that yet you are good at using tech and that you can implement it in various ways and all of the tools that we have available to us. It's just about being creative and thinking outside the box many times. And yes, I, I did see that post. I didn't want to bring it up because I was like, well, I don't want to talk about that where it's like, oh, he has to reapply every year for that position. But uh, <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great because like with uh, the position, uh -huh. I think the reason they do that is just to create fair opportunity uh, and also just to make sure that people don't become too like complacent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, kind of, it's a, yeah, it's so. a place it. Oh, but yeah. that's wonderful though. And I, I love that. But um, so, yeah, so let's talk, let's, we kind of wind down a bit. I know we've got a little bit of time before we leave, but honestly, this has been just a very fruitful, amazing conversation. I've just been very thankful to just, and it feels like I'm just catching up with a, with an old friend and, and I'm thankful for this connection. I'm thankful for us being able to participate together at the Wakelet community event and now be able to be here on the podcast together live and having a great well, conversation. And hopefully yeah. this will be one of many more collaborations that we'll be doing I, soon. I was, also, I was also very interested with uh, the connection we have with the Punk Rock Classroom too. <laughs> and those guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm not sure. It seems like yeah. kind of that punk, punk side to you from... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, the a lot, a lot of punk rock side, a lot of punk rock on that side of me, and a lot of ska. So yeah, so it's yeah, been nice. great to be able to connect with Josh and Mike, and then I know yeah. I see you two when they tag us on the what we're listening to and everything. Yes, that's yeah, that's yeah. great. Um, I don't pump another podcast during yours. I just oh no, just another connection, right? Hey, it's all good, and you definitely need to check them out. Punk rock classrooms are amazing, and I mean Josh and Mike. I always call Josh. Josh is the CRO, the chief uh, riffing officer, because he's always uh, putting out riffs. You know, if you follow him on Instagram, Josh R. Buckley, he's always putting out riffs. And then I call Mike Earnshaw the edu because um, of his book, the you know the uh, the cookbook for oh my goodness, I forgot the title, but I have it here. And, and yeah, the edu cookbook. And uh, you know, he's got some great recipes for. Uh, you know, PD and everything as a principal for educators. So I just call him the edgy chef, but great guys go check them out too as well. Uh, but Trevor, so now as we kind of wind down, I always love to end the show, you know, with three questions for my, for, you know, three final questions for my guests. So 
one of my questions that I always love to lead off with, and I'm just always curious to know of all the guests that come in here, since a lot of them are, you know, educators such as yourself, creators such as yourself, influencers. And, you know, uh, I want to know currently in the state of education, what is or what would you say is your edu kryptonite at this moment? At this moment? Uh, that's a tough question. I think for me, it's uh, there's only... I guess resources, <laughs> having the resources that we need to get out to do what we need to do. Um, Perfect. And, and I don't know, that, that, that's a tough question for me to answer. There's, there's lots of things that I would like to change, but if you're asking me in my current role in my position, uh, there are two of us, we are at the moment and we are covering like 40 schools, uh, and we have limited resources. Uh, and, and my boss is fantastic. He just bought a, a lot of coding stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, it's tough. It's tough to uh, be everywhere you need to be opening those doors and getting in there. Okay, so, there you go. But that's Fair. more specific to my job. It's not education uh, as a Okay, well, let me, let me go. Resources though, yeah. Let's go down, <laughs> let's go down that path then. Let's see, like, now as a whole, what would you say your current <laughs> edukryptonite is? Uh, well, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not 100% sure what you mean by, like, by the question. Like what weighs you down, like, like what you wish could change like that makes me weak when I see that like you know for example like resources you know the teacher could say I was like oh I just wish I had more resources like currently that's the you know but right now for yourself I guess it's, as a whole what would you say is kind of weighs you down what kind of makes you weak in the knees when either you hear a buzzword or where you you know see a practice or things of that sort um I think the thing that that bothers me the most is uh when people aren't open to change and risk-taking. Um, or on the other end, where you have new government coming in and imposing change um, that that uh, may not always make sense to the people in the classroom. Excellent. Change. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, no, I, I get it. You Resources and change. Well, yeah, one of the biggest things is, uh, for me, is always that, that change component. And, well, this is the way we've always done it. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Those words. Uh, those are were they, uh, the worst. Yeah, to me, those are the most dangerous words that are out there. And yeah. you hear that a lot very often. Yes. All right. Now, let's get, change it up a little bit. <laughs> let's brighten it up a bit. And kind of a little here, uh, if you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Well, now would be that post I put out that you showed. <laughs> yes, I agree. That post would be great. <laughs> and then I would just put like, you know, creativity comes in many forms or something like that. Or creativity can be colorful. I, I don't know. But that, that for sure, that post would definitely be great on a billboard. I'm no, no joke. <laughs> take a risk. Try ah, there you go. Take a <laughs> risk. Try something new. Love it. All right, Trevor. And then the last question for you, if... This, if the roles were reversed and this was your podcast and I was a guest on your show, what would be one question you would like to ask me? I'm fearful because I have a feeling it's going to come back at me. So <laughs> trying to think strategically here. Um, but I, I would, I would probably ask the, the greatest aha moment you've had with like where the students, where you, you have that moment where you connect with the student and, and it's really memorable because you see it all just comes together. You know what I mean? Like that okay. magical moment where you just have that connection with a student and, and so 
Greatest Excellent. Student, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Greatest connection. Okay. This is always memorable. And I'm glad that you asked that because to me, that moment happened in my last year in the classroom, which was, I think, in the 2017 school year. What happened is we had a set of twins and we were in two different pods um, of fifth grade. So I had one group of fifth graders and then there was a, a two other teachers that had a group of fifth graders. So they split the twins up and, you know, the, she wasn't very happy. I mean, they were always growing up together. They had all the same courses and everything. And, you know, and then on top of that, also, she was uh, she was learning the language. She was learning English and she just never felt really confident. She never really shared. She was always very, very quiet, very timid. And as we went along in, in, in during the classroom and, and during the year, I should say, because I always had the Chromebooks, I always gave the students the ability to create something. And like I mentioned, because she didn't feel comfortable doing presentations up on, you know, in front of the class, she didn't feel too comfortable speaking. But she, when she created on the Chromebook, she spoke very loudly and she spoke very clearly. And I was just amazed at how she would take what she learned and put it just and make it come to life on that screen, you know, with very little skills that I taught her, but she kind of took off on her own. So the aha moment happened, you know, this was something that went along the whole year. And the aha moment for me was when she created a presentation and she said, Mr. Mendoza, I'm ready to present. And I was like, what? Like, are you sure? She's like, yes. And keep in mind, she was just learning English, you know, this, this whole time, you know, uh, during the classroom. She stood up there and she shared this beautiful, bright presentation. And as a matter of fact, I still have a copy of it, her presentation. And she presented just loud and proud to the whole class with this amazing English that you know, and what I loved about it is that we were able to document that growth from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. And to me, it was that aha moment where everything just kind of came together and the use of the tech, how it helped her speak loudly and brightly, but in the sense of the presentation and, and seeing her learning, but also how it helped her with the language that to me is, has always been one of the most memorable things that I've happened, that has happened in my, in my experience in the classroom. So that to me was that boom, aha moment where kind of everything came together. And I was like, yes, yes. It, it goes back to what we were saying before too, is, you know, giving them the choice to try things a little bit differently and, and building them up to that comfort level with what they're doing. And, and that's a perfect example. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yes. So, yeah. Thank yeah. Well, Trevor, it's been a pleasure. It's been an amazing conversation. I loved it. Like I said, it just really feels like we're definitely have been friends for years and we're just kind of catching up and learning a little bit more of each other. But I learned today that, you know, our stories really kind of, you know, match in, in so many different ways. And I'm just thankful that it, it kind of also validates like what I'm doing and, and that what I've done has been something helpful because I see it through you. I see it, how it's helping not only you grow professionally, but also in how you're going out and helping other educators just bring that same attitude of it's okay to take a risk. It's okay to take that creative risk. And we're still going to be meeting our content. We're still going to be doing all of that good stuff. And so that's really exciting. And again, just 
it's been great to just chat and, and catch up and see that you're doing great and that things are going well, even though it's a, it's not that good of a day outside, but Hey, we're getting to chat and that's been awesome. So thank you, Trevor. And before we go, Trevor, please let our audience members know, you know, where it is that they can, uh, you know, connect with you. Uh, funny thing is I don't really have much of an online presence other than Twitter. Uh, so you can definitely connect with me at, uh, at Earl town. So E A R L E T O N, sorry, uh, Earl town. And, uh, it's, uh, don't ask me why that's my Twitter handle. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, yeah, that, that's probably the best way to see what I'm doing. I love sharing resources, uh, things I'm doing. I will throw it there as a uh, fun said, I put a lot of how to guides up that I'm doing. Uh, I used to make a lot of videos, but I found that people are moving away from dedicating to videos. So, uh, so I did these quick how-to guides, uh, that I've been sharing with and, uh, yeah. So Perfect. thank you. To my yeah. Profile. Yeah. I went ahead and put the link to your profile there yeah. and guys, the information also will be on the show notes as well as once the episode is uploaded, you'll be able to find Trevor's information there. And of course you can rewatch the episode or if you guys are going to listen to the episode, you can listen to it there. And we just thank you so much, Trevor. Thank you. It's been a wonderful pleasure and an honor to connect with you. And like I said, this will definitely, hopefully won't be the last time that we connect and whether it's through projects like this or Maybe one day in real life, just to be able to meet up at a conference or something like that. That would just be wonderful. That so would be awesome. I've, I've never actually been to an EdTech conference, so I would love that. <laughs> yes. So Nobody yeah. comes to New Friends of Canada, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, well, now there we go. Hey, um, what is it? Adobe, if you're listening, Wakelet, Flipgrid. Hey, we've got New Brunswick. Like, let's see if we can get something going over there and then we can have a tech conference. And then that way we can uh, be the first time. Maybe in New Brunswick history that we would have a tech conference there. That would be wonderful. I'm okay if they want to sponsor me to go somewhere else too. I, I, Let, how about this? Hey, let's bring Trevor to Texas. I want to, I want to treat Trevor to some nice barbecue and uh, that would be great. So if you can get, if we can get Trevor over here to Texas, whether it's San Antonio, Austin or somewhere neighboring, definitely barbecue, lunch or dinner, it'll be my treat. And it'd be a pleasure <laughs> to meet up with you in Texas. So yeah. <laughs> you come to Snowy, New Brunswick and you can have some seafood on me. So. <laughs> all right. Perfect. All right. all right, Trevor. Well, thank you so much. And to all, uh, to all our audience members, thank you. I really appreciate you joining us and thank you for all of our listeners and all of our viewer support. Really appreciate you and everything that you share with us. Please make sure you go to our website, myedtech.life, uh, excuse me, myedtech.life. And drop us a review, drop us a line, give us some feedback, guys. Feedback is important to me because I always want to make sure that I bring you the best of me and that I bring you just some amazing guests. If there's anything or anybody that you'd love to have on, uh, let me know. We can try and make it happen and reach out to them. But as always, I am always here for all of you educators and all of you creators that are out there as the mission and vision and passion of this show is to bring educators and creators together one show at a time. So thank you so much for spending this day with us here on this wonderful conversation. And until next time, my friends, don't forget, stay techie.